0: good evening church I just want to call you all back right back to the feet of Jesus you know and and one of the things I think we're learning as a church is you know what what does it mean to worship God and what is taking place in these rooms and I just on, on a Sunday night why do we why do we come to church and so I I, I just I don't really feel like the worship is over and the the message the lord gave me was kind of what we were singing already and i just want to come right back into a place of worship but i want you to just worship and i'm going to share a few things and i just god's not done there's there's more that he's he wants to do in this space and i've been meditating on this story out of luke 24 this week and it's about the the road to emmaus where it says that two disciples Uh, We're walking about a seven mile journey from Jerusalem to the city called Emmaus. And uh, the resurrected Jesus, he just comes and kind of joins them, but it says they didn't recognize that it was him. And so they're walking, and Jesus uh, begins asking them what they're talking about. And they say, You know, we're talking about what just took place in Jerusalem, and we're sad. And Jesus begins to explain the Messiah from the scriptures to them, and they go on this seven mile walk. And then it says in verse 28, Luke 24, it says, As they approached the village where they were going, Jesus acted as though he were going further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it's getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them, and when he reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road while he was explaining the scriptures? I think that Jesus always wants to go further. But for some reason, we often like to turn. Say, well, no, how about you come in with us? And then Jesus vanishes, the first thing they do is they get up that very minute, they walk all the way back to Jerusalem, they tell the disciples this is what happened, and then Jesus appears in the room. And then he starts ministering more to them, right? Jesus is always intending to go further. It's usually us that want to turn aside and, and go home and retire for the evening and say, no, you stop and come with me. And Jesus is gracious he meets us where we're at but that's the question that's been stirring in my heart this week is how far are you willing to go like how much are you willing to worship Jesus in Gethsemane, Jesus is inviting the disciples, his three chosen, the, the, the ones that were the leaders, John, James, Peter, and he says, you know, come with me and pray. Because Peter especially is about to enter into the hour of temptation. And Peter, and Jesus, I believe, is instructing Peter: this is the way that you're going to overcome the temptation you're about to face, to deny me. And Jesus says, Peter, pray with me. And they keep falling asleep. And Jesus looks at him and says, The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit is willing. It's the flesh that's weak. How far are you willing to go? Your spirit is more willing than you think it is. And really the topic the Lord put on my heart, I just don't even, I'm just kind of following the Lord right now, but is the anointing of the spirit of God. In in Antioch, it's in Acts 15, I believe. I think we have the verse for you up there. The story is that the persecution happens. Stephen The disciple is murdered, he's the first martyr of the church and it says that people started scattering and a group of the disciples end in Antioch and they begin talking about Jesus and it says that the 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 hand of god is with them to the point that uh people are being added to their numbers and this antioch church is growing and growing and growing we don't know any of the leaders by name we don't know anything that's happening but it says the news of what was taking place through these ordinary believers in antioch reached the ears of the apostles in jerusalem so they send barnabas to Jerusalem to find out what is going on with these people and it says when Barnabas got there he marveled when he saw the extraordinary grace of God that was upon them so Barnabas starts teaching them he goes and gets Saul and Tarsus and he says hey come with me they start teaching the church for a year and it says that extraordinary grace was upon them and there they were first called Christians anointed ones I've been pondering this thought of what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it actually mean to live in the anointing of the Spirit of God? What would it mean to live your life so that people look at you and they don't say you're a Christian because of a creed or a belief system, but because they witness the marvelous grace of God upon your life? <laughs> oh, that is a good word. That is your identity. That is your inheritance. And so i've been i've been asking myself though why are christians not known for the anointing right what is the anointing of god we see it like right where old covenant is a is a lesser covenant than what we have they had a a a lesser relationship with the holy spirit but we see stories all throughout the old testament where saul you know the king of israel the first king of israel says that when the anointing came upon him he became like another man and he began to prophesy, and there was this saying that went all through Israel, is Saul, one of the prophets. Because when the anointing came upon him, he became like a different person. Right? The anointing of the Spirit of God comes upon us to empower us for a work of ministry. It, it comes upon us to do something that we can't do in our own strength. This is why Elijah, have you ever read the story? He's on Carmel, and the fire falls, and... You know the prophets of baal are defeated and then it says that the king takes off on his chariot and then elijah says the storm's coming and it says he girded his loins and outran the chariot (laughs) because the anointing of god david was anointed by god when he was 17. he then would start to play the harp and then when saul was being tormented by evil spirits his anointing would release and saul would find peace this anointing came upon this child really and he was anointed, he kills a giant, becomes great in the sight of Israel. We see Samson, the judges, he would get anointed by the Spirit of God and be able to do things that he wasn't able to do in his own strength. Right, we see the anointing all through the Old Covenant. It would have come upon the prophets They would begin to hear the word of the Lord. Right, the anointing, it's this oil, it's the, it's the, it means to literally be smeared with oil. It's the picture we have that the Spirit of God would come upon the anointed in the Old Covenant. But we have a greater covenant. It was this kind of sovereign relationship that they had in the Old Testament where the anointing would sovereignly come upon certain individuals. As long as they walked in righteousness, it would stay with them. If they didn't walk in righteousness, it would leave them. This is why David, when he sins in the Psalms, he's like, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He's saying, don't take the anointing off of my life. But fast forward, we're like these new covenant believers. We've been sealed with the Spirit on the day of salvation, which means that in the inner workings of your life, the Holy Spirit regenerated you and gave you a spirit that's formed in the image of God that can experience union with the Holy Spirit. You have the potential to talk with God and walk with God and, 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 and worship God. You can actually relate to God because you've been sealed with the Spirit of God. This is Ephesians one on the day of redemption. You're the first fruits of the Spirit. You were sealed with him, given a holy identity and a new inheritance. So it happens at salvation. Then we see in Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 7, and I think 9, there's these multiple experiences where the disciples get filled with the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes upon the people of God and gives us these giftings and activates and gives us things that we didn't have before. It's like we just get filled to this place of overflowing, speaking in new tongues, ministry gifts, uh, power, miracles. All these things start happening upon these people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Right? And I picture this whole thing. It's like when we get saved, it's like God, uh, you know, we have the same old car on the outside, but God gives us a new engine. And like check under the hood, it's a whole new thing. I look the same, I probably sound the same, but under the hood there's a whole new thing in me. You know what I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit regenerates a work and all of a sudden I can have union with God. I don't know how, I'd understand, but I became a new creation that never existed before. That actually somehow mirrors the image of God. Right, then I get filled with the Spirit, and it's like God just fills the tank of that car, brimming to the top. You know, And then walking in the anointing, which is just to be a Christian, is learning how do I keep my foot on the pedal so that this whole thing actually just works. And I think it, God just sometimes scratches his head when he looks at his church, and we've been given so much, but we don't use it. I had this conversation recently with the. It was with Dan Bohai. He was telling me how he's been learning how to live and walk in the anointing. We were talking about it and kind of spurred some thoughts in my mind. And I've been pondering this all week. God, what does it mean? How do I live and grow my relationship in the anointing of God? And this is just, I'm going to share with you where the Lord's been bringing me. And and this is really what it comes down to is worship. Worship is what trains us to live into the anointing, because the Holy Spirit will always anoint worship. Or the Holy Spirit will always anoint our worship, because it comes upon us. So if I want to live in the anointing, I actually have to grow as a worshiper, which is the complete orienting of my life. It's a life wrapped around God. There's this song, I don't think we were going to sing it tonight, but God's just been kind of wrecking all of our plans recently, and I love that. And I don't know how long I'm going to talk, but we're going to have an anointing time, and I have oil, and I think God's going to do stuff. So sometime around 7 o'clock, you should get your kids, and I want to anoint them too. Um, So I just, I honestly, though, there's something about how far are we willing to go tonight? Do you want to go home? You can go home anytime you want. I promise you. And there's zero judgment. I love you to pieces. You're so welcome next week. But just Jesus wants to go a little further tonight. And why does it matter how long we're at church? I don't know. Because we're Western and we've been trained that way. But let's just keep walking and let's just see. I just want you to stay with Jesus as long as Jesus is staying with you here. And when Jesus says it's time to go home, I want you to go home with Jesus tonight. Let's not make this some... You know, it's not like we're the clock isn't our boss. Jesus is. Amen. Amen. How far are you willing to go, right? And so worship. The Holy Spirit's going to anoint worship, right? But worship, and this is I I just this the Lord gave me this phrase this week. It's from a book that I've never read, but said that worship is more than a slow song. Worship's more than a slow song. Just like loving my wife is more than making love. Worship is more than just a slow song. Worship is a life wrapped around God. Just like loving my wife is a very nuanced experience. You know what I mean, husbands? nuanced, looks very different. Every time I think I got it figured out, I don't. I'm constantly learning how to love my wife and serve my wife and the nuances of what that looks like and what that looks like in different seasons and what that looks like on different days. And I feel like I'm just at the beginning of what this whole love thing is all about. And that's worship. Worship's more than just a slow song. Loving my wife is more than just telling her that I love her. And I'm a words person, so I can lavish her with words. I I hope you're okay that I'm using you as my primary example right now. I am a words person. I I can get emotional and I can lavish and lavish and lavish and lavish her with words. I really can, like I just do it naturally. But it's not just words. And in fact, I found that the longer I've been married to this beautiful, amazing, powerful woman, the more she sees through my words. And her heart's always searching to see, are those words real? Are those words incarnational? Are those words concrete? Are those words that that are coming from a heart that's yielded and is your yes your yes? And will you say no to other things to make sure that those words become a living yes to me? And I'm learning. I wish I could say and stand before you and say, I love my wife like Jesus loves his bride and lays down his life for her. I'm learning. Worship's more than just a slow song. It's more than holy moments when we're on our knees. It is, it involves this. This is essential to it, but worship is more than this. Worship is a life that's oriented towards God. It's a life that just becomes more and more just selfless. this is why this whole talk of consumerism in the western church is so damaging because it's consumerism that's stealing our anointing because consumerism is teaching us that church is about me consumerism is teaching me that i go to church and i and i only there as long as it meets my needs that i go to church and I'm I'm, you know I I like the preaching and I like the way that they are singing and you know and it it, we've been trained because that's what our whole world is training us is consumption 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 but church is supposed to be a prophetic standard to what is happening in the the instruction the discipleship of Western culture is teaching us church has to be radically different because church is where I'm actually coming to learn how to worship (laughs) because consumers don't get smeared by the oil of the Holy Spirit. Spectators don't get anointed by God. It's worshipers who will get the anointing. And when we're coming to church, we should come to church really honestly wanting to be challenged, wanting to uh, have opportunity where I'm learning the language of the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit's doing in a room. We should want to be uncomfortable by how God's expressing Himself on a Sunday because we're learning. We're learning, what, what are you like and what are you looking for in a worshiper? You know, I remember the first time I experienced the Holy Spirit in my life. I was in sixth grade. I was with mom in the morning for devotion times and she looked at me and she's more mature than me. She knew the language of the Spirit. She said, Jordan, the Holy Spirit's in this room right now. And I was sitting there, crossed arms, crossed legs, which was probably my daily posture. <laughs> How long do I have to be here till I go to school? She looked at me, and she said, the Holy Spirit's in this room, Jordan. You need to open. You need to open your arms. You need to open your legs. And as I did that, this little physical act, the Holy Spirit just swallowed me. Just started weeping. Never experienced anything like that. a little sixth grader. I remember just being overcome by love. My mom was teaching me what worship is. Worship is this orientation, I was learning to respond to what God was doing, you know, and as I started growing in my life, right, church is this beautiful space where God is teaching us how to worship, that's really what church is, it's an environment where we are learning how to respond to God. God is searching the heart, He's searching your heart right now, to and fro, penetrating pass the thoughts and the intentions into the very depths of you Just say where's your heart I know why you're here why are you here tell me that's what our worship tells God it says why it's professing why we're here and God knows like we don't play games with God he knows exactly why we come what he's yearning for is that heart that's like, I am here just to respond to you. If you want to humble me, God, humble me. If you want to empower me, empower me. If you want me to dance, I will dance. If you want me to sing, I will sing. If you want me to sit here until nine o'clock, as long as the pastor allows me, God, I will. Right? Like I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. That's why we gather as the congregation of the righteous. We should love it when we don't know what to do. Because that means we're learning. I was sitting here tonight, sitting here on my rear end, saying, God, what do we do right now? (laughs) Like, I love this. Like, do we do announcements? Do we not? Do we, do I preach? Do do I have shifa up here? Like, what do we do? I'm just trying to respond to God. And and we all should be just trying to respond to God and learning what is worship, right? Because I think the more that we're challenged here, that's what starts translating out there. Because worship is more than just a slow song. Worship is a life wrapped in God. Right? And worship in the sanctuary looks different than worship in the marketplace, but the heart is the same. And I think that this is what it comes down to. Your level of anointing will always translate with your level of how, how willing you are to go. How willing, how, how far are you willing to go? How willing are you to worship, Like literally, ask yourself right now, how willing were you to worship when you walked in this room tonight? How far are you willing? Are you willing till seven o'clock? Are you willing Are you willing till 12 o'clock? I'm not saying that's what you need to do. I'm just saying, how willing are you? How willing is your heart? How far are you willing to walk with Jesus, because he's always wanting to go further? <laughs> And that doesn't mean he wants you to sing slow songs for the remaining decades that you have on this earth. And that's not what he's after. He's after worshipers who live their whole life oriented to God. I was talking to Dan. I said, how, are you, how, how do you stay in the anointing, Dan? Because I'm sitting with Dan at Atavola, and he's literally getting intimate words of knowledge about my life he's getting intimate words of knowledge about my mom and the next meeting she had gave her intimate information about the people she was about to go minister to all of which he knew nothing of and he said i'm just learned He's like i just stay in the anointing i said how he's like it's all about just making your life about others they will know that we are christians by our Because a worshiper will always be a lover. A lover of God and a lover of people. So worship looks like something in the sanctuary on a Sunday night, but it looks something different. It's the same heart, but it looks different Monday through Saturday. It looks like a willingness that I will obey. A willingness that I will surrender. A willingness that I will yield. A willingness that I'm your yes man. I'm your yes girl. I'm willing I'm willing to pray for that person. I'm willing to do something that's maybe different than what it looks like. It's just, you're orienting your whole life. It's like, I'm searching for yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. I'm willing to risk. All right, we were going to sing that song. It says, uh, you are worth what you ask for. Do you believe that? Jesus, you are worth what you ask for. A worshiper, that's what your life exclaims to God. You are worth what you ask for, God. You are worth my money. You are worth my time. You are worth my comfort. You are worth my reputation. You are worth what you ask for. That's the key to the anointing. Anytime you obey, you orient yourself as a worshiper, loving God, loving people you will get anointed by the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God anoints the worship of God. And when you step into the anointing, supernatural things start happening. People will start witnessing the grace of God upon your life and say, you're you're a Christian. We have lost the fear of what that word means. We've lost it. It's almost, it's almost, it's almost slang. It's almost like a cuss word. It's almost like, ooh, you're a Christian. You know, we are anointed by the Holy Spirit of Heaven. When I'm in the anointing, it's like I'm just I'm I'm just testifying to you. I'm I'm like having to learn how to sleep in the anointing, because the anointing's just I just I just enter into it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like. Oh my God, like my God, my God, my, I don't even have words for how to, what's happening. And I hear you and I literally know what's going to happen, God. And it's like I'm actually living my life responding to you and I'm not reacting to what's happening because you make known to me your will. You show me your assignment. You continually revealing to me identity, right? This is why Christianity seems so hard to so many people is because we're living it without the anointing. This is why the Bible is so difficult for so many. We're not—we're trying to read the Scriptures without the anointing. We're trying to read the Scriptures that the Holy Spirit authored without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is why worship can be difficult. This is why prayer. This is why evangelism. This is why we're scared to testify. We're—we're scared to share with our coworkers, right? All of these things are trying to orient back to self, 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 and then the anointing gets shut off. All right, so I could talk about this all night, but I, I really just sense that God wants to release it into this room tonight. That you have an identity and an inheritance as a Christian, as a, an anointed one of Jesus. That there is an anointing that God wants to unlock in this room. And I'm just going to have Shifa play, and I just feel like God, there's anointing all over this woman tonight and as she's playing and we're witnessing this and i just want her to worship and i have oil and i just am going to spend some time praying and i just there's something that god wants to activate tonight but this is the thing it's it's is if you're responding and saying i'm a worshiper like let conviction come upon my life lord of where I just let worship stay as a slow song. And slow song, some of you, it's okay. Slow song's good. I'm not trying to to speak bad on that in any way, but it's more than just a slow song. You know what I'm talking about, church. Worship is more than just a slow song. It's a life wrapped up in God. But as we empty ourselves for God, he fills us with the anointing. He He fills and 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 he fills. You're just at the beginning of recognizing how holy Christ in you really is. You're just at the beginning of recognizing how powerful Christ in you really is. You are just at the beginning of recognizing what God has put inside of you on the day of salvation, when he made you a new creation that reveals the image of God and the glory of God in the earth. But we can't do it without the anointing. We are Christians. And so Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are the anointing of heaven. I thank you that you, you would come upon Jesus, you came upon him, they would say that there would be power present to heal, that you came upon him at his baptism, that you came upon Peter and made him like a new man. And a fisherman walked into the temple gate, grabbed a, a, a man lame from birth by the hand, And he began leaping and praising. Some of you, God is just saying, I want you to give me your imagination tonight because you have been picturing yourself without the anointing of the Spirit of God upon you. Some of you have been projecting the limit, limitations upon how God can use you and, and what he can and cannot do through your life because you've been projecting that without, uh, without uh, affording or budgeting anything for the anointing of God to come upon you. There's, there, there's just, it's more, it's more. You need, you need God to even be able to dream with God of how God can use you. So I just ask the anointing, the anointed one, The anointed one of heaven to step into this room you're already here jesus you're already here but i it's just I, it's we need to start in worship there's something about worship and there's something about god is just drawing some of you there's a he's drawing you into a place of saying i'm i'm a, I'm a worshiper and i just want you to worship i just want you to keep worshiping and just tell jesus that i'm willing I am willing, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. And I just pray right now, God, that there will be thresholds broken in the flesh. God, the flesh that wants to constrict or make us feel sleepy or make us feel hungry or make us feel like I don't know how to pray or I don't know how to worship. God, the spirit is willing to worship. Your spirit is a worshiper, is what is created to do. The question is not if you will worship, it's who you will worship. And I just call you tonight to the feet of Jesus. Now just turn your eyes to Jesus. And don't wait for the music. Just just give something costly to God tonight. Just just worship God. You know, when the Lord started teaching me to worship, I was alone in a prayer chapel, and I would feel these songs burning inside of me that I didn't know how to sing. And the Lord just would say, sing to me, sing to me, sing to me, and I just started singing. There's been times in my life in meetings just like this where the Holy Spirit's whispered, he'd said, dance. There's one time I was in a room of 300 people. Middle of the day, brightest day. The Lord said, I just want you to dance. I was so scared. But I danced. We have to see that worship's not about what people around us think. Worship is a life wrapped up in God. It's a life that says you are worthy of what you ask for. you know it's a little uncomfortable in the room the lights are on the lights are on church but I just want to ask you to worship I want to call you to worship I want you to to call you out of this Western mold where we need this perfect set and these perfect songs and these perfect notes and this perfect ambience and this perfect everything so that then I can worship God. I wanna call you out of that tonight and I wanna call you into the heart of God. Jesus isn't more worthy when the mood's just right. He's just worthy. And what's happening in this room? This this isn't charismatic. This isn't weird. This isn't this isn't some sort of earthly label. This is authentic worship. This was David in the middle of the day in his underwear before the nation that he was exalted as king just 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 worshiping God. He wasn't waiting for a song. He was responding to heaven. (laughs) How willing, how willing, how far are you willing to go? How willing are you to worship? Just keep worshiping. I'm going to, I feel that the Lord wants me to just kind of teach some of you. We're going to learn tonight how to, how to respond to the anointing of God in a room. And so the, the first thing is, if, if you feel the anointing of God, if you just feel the Spirit of God upon you as you're worshiping, I want you to keep worshiping, but I just want you to come forward right now. And then uh, I'm just going to have a few of you, M- Megan mom if you can uh uh dina if you can come as well i just want a few of you know i have some oil right here um i just want you to go around and, and i just want you to just we're just going to start anointing people if the anointing is on you right if, if you're not having an experience of god right now it's okay i just want you to stay engaged with me And one of the things that God's taught me is we honor the points. We honor what God is doing in the room and recognize that right now we're not here as a a room of individuals. We're here as a community with brothers and sisters. And so right now we're seeing like a good portion of the room. They're having an experience with the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do is I just, we're going to go around just, I have oil right here in my seat. Jackie, if you you can anoint too, hon. I'm just going to have... If you're on the prayer team, uh, you can any any of you, you can anoint. My staff, if you're here, you can anoint as well. AJ, we're just going to anoint. And, and as, as anointing oil comes upon some of you, I just see that there's going to be activating tonight. There's activating come upon you. There's a few different graces that I feel in particular are about to get activated as people are just laying hands. And for my team, my ministers, I just want you to just lay hands and just impart grace And just let the oil of heaven come upon those at the front of the room. Some of you are being set apart by God to actually pastor in the church of Jesus Christ. God is raising up revival group leaders, lay pastors. We honor them tonight. But I see the Lord showed me that there's anointing come upon some tonight. God's going to give you a heart for people. And I just want you to receive this anointing. Uh, the, the other thing is that there's some that just like prophetic graces are going to be activated. There's going to be an anointing to hear and an anointing to see God. And for some, there's there's healing. There's there's gifts of healing that are going to be awakened tonight. And some of you are going to be surprised because you've said healing's not for me. I actually feel that there's someone in this room that you've almost been shut towards the idea of healing. And God says your hands, like there's hands that are going to set on fire what the anointing does. So God, I just thank you for what you're releasing in this room tonight. I thank you for the oil of the, of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for great grace coming upon this church, God, to do exploits for the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for an anointing, God, to see signs that make people wonder about who Jesus, the King of Kings, really is. So if you're still seated, this is all I want you to do. And this is what the Lord's trained me. If you're at the front, I want you to just tune me out right now. And I want you to just have your moment with God. But if you're seated right now and you're saying, what is going on? It's totally okay. I've been in a lot of meetings where I was there going, what in the world is going on right now? And what the Lord's taught me is he just said, honor. Honor. I want you to honor what I'm doing in the room right now. So the only thing that I want you to do is I want you to even verbally to God, I want you to just start saying, God, I honor what you are doing in my brothers and my sisters tonight. I just want you to like, just just like almost see yourself like you're getting under them and you're like, God, I just bless what you're doing and I honor what you're doing and, and pray for the people that are up front. But just start, just start honoring God. Just start blessing God. Just turn your heart to blessing God. Blessing God and and you know how it says, give with humility of heart, give preference to others above yourself. I want you to practice that right now. I literally want you to give preferential treatment to the people that God is touching. Like in this way that's like, I just honor them God i prefer i just bless what you're doing i thank you for what you're doing i thank you for how you're moving in this room and then as you're you're sitting out there i just want you to ask the lord Is there anything that you want me to do is there any way that i can respond to you what does worship look like for me because again it's not about the outside it's about the heart there's been times when the lord says i want you to just go lay hands maybe on somebody I just I just give you authority right now that you can do that if God says go lay hands on somebody else in this room and I just want you to bless them I just I just release you if you want to bless them sometimes the Lord's had told me I just want you to go and sit by someone that God is ministering to I just want I just want you to get next to it right and, and it's just responding right and just just like almost present yourself to God like you're a little kid in class and saying, what are you teaching me right now? Right? Sometimes we kind of shut off and we're like, wow, that's great what's happening there. No, like this is your moment. It might be a different moment than what's happening here, but let God teach you about worship. Let God teach you. So just say, teach me, Holy Spirit. I honor what you're doing. I may not understand it, but I honor it, and I want you to teach me right now What I'm supposed to do, and how you're training me to be a worshiper, right? I've found that some of the biggest moments for me have been when I'm sitting out where you are, and the Lord does something in me in that space that actually translates out there. Because we have to remember, it's it's not about here, it's about there. So let God do something in your heart, and I just I want. I want everyone here, I just want you to sit with God tonight until God releases you to go. And you'll know, there'll just be like this sense that it's time to leave. So I just love you, church. I know that this is super like messy and kind of weird. I'm learning and we're learning and I just bless you, bless you, bless you, wherever you're at. I bless what you're doing, God. I bless the people up front. I bless those in the chair. God, I bless what you're doing in our community. God, and we just say more anointing, God. We want more anointing in this house, God. We wanna wanna touch heaven with our lives and we wanna see heaven flow through our lives, God. And so we just say release the anointing of heaven, God. Greater measure, God greater measure God make us a modern day Antioch God make us a nameless faceless people God let let the news of what God is doing through this people reach the ears of people far and wide and may they give glory to God for the extraordinary grace that is resting upon these ordinary people in Boise Idaho hallelujah 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 yes God new power God new grace grace to witness grace to evangelize grace to testify grace to give grace to to love grace to serve grace to obey God come upon us like you came upon Saul of old and make us like a new man like a new woman Lord let exploits be released through this house god exploits exploits god we ask for miracles god